Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Coach Radio. That's audibletrial.com slash Life Coach Radio. And now, here's today's show. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Making Inspired Choices with Coach Linda. I'm Linda Stevens Jones, your host, and I'm a certified Christian life coach. It's wonderful to have you with me today. Thanks for being here, for taking the time. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. Come on in and get comfortable for what I call an hour of uplift and encouragement. I'm here the first and third Tuesday of every month at 12 noon Eastern. The ways I try to leave you encouraged is through choosing a topic you can delve into, along with a few coaching tips and a personal guest interview. Then at the end of each show, I leave time for you to call in and ask questions or join the conversation. I hope you'll decide to make a regular date with me by taking down the info on the contact slide on the screen so you can join my list. That way you'll receive the link and show info directly before every broadcast. I want to send a Big shout out of appreciation to my last guest, Ms. Loretta Penn, a powerhouse executive coach and consultant who heads PECC LLC. For those of you who heard the interview, I expect you were as inspired by her insights, her heart, and the wisdom as I was. If you missed Loretta, I can't encourage you enough to go back and listen to her interview. For those of you who are regular listeners, you know that you can use the same link for the live broadcast for a replay. If you're not on my email list, reach out to me. You'll see that slide on the screen with my contact info. I'll make sure you get a replay link, or you can go to iTunes and then into podcast. Type in Making Inspired Choices with Coach Linda, and you can download number 32 or any other episode at no cost. I know you'll take some notes from what she offered. To all of our listeners out there who have this um, broadcast on replay later while you're working out at the gym or doing some housework, Welcome. Thank you for tuning in as well. (laughs) And now for today's topic. I'm super excited about it because it applies to every one of us. Today's topic is using your strengths and gifts. Here's why I chose this topic. It means a lot to me as a Christian life coach because when I start to work with new clients, They are usually focused on dreams and goals they want to achieve. 
And that's a good thing. But generally, they're focused on what's getting in the way and what's stopping them. As a coach, I've learned that it's most helpful to first begin with creating awareness about their unique design. So I chose this topic because I want today for you to take some time to just be aware of your own unique design, your strengths and your gifts. There's a reason that being aware of your unique design comes first, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. So let's connect with your strengths right now. What things are you really good at? What comes easy for you that is difficult for others to do? Where do your friends and family observe and compliment you on? If you say nothing, <laughs> ask them what they see as your strengths. What activities are you doing when you feel most comfortable or most at ease? Note some of the ideas that are coming to mind for you right now. These are strengths of yours. Now, with regard to your gifts, I'm referring to your spiritual gifts. For all believers in Christ, you have received supernatural graces or divine endowments for serving and working in the body of Christ. Everyone doesn't receive the same gifts. They range from the gift of administration to discernment, encouraging and hospitality to wisdom and intercession. But the gifts are designed to work together similar to the way all of the parts of our human body work together. So there are certain spiritual gifts that you have as a believer that work in um, concert with the gifts of other believers all toward achieving the work of Christ here on earth. Now, if you don't know your spiritual gifts, inquire with your church about a survey. They are very easy to take. Or you can also check online resources like uniquelyyou.com. You.com. There you can take a spiritual gift survey. I know some of you may be saying, so what if I uncover my strengths and my spiritual gifts? Here's the so what. Number one, you are a unique combination of strengths and gifts. It's unlikely that anyone else has your exact combination of strengths and gifts. This valuable information lets you create a more effective roadmap to your dreams and goals. Number two, knowing your strengths and gifts, knowing your unique design, positions you to use your uniqueness to use your strengths and gifts to live with more purpose and impact. In other words, you know what you bring to the table. 
it can help you to make the most positive impact in your endeavors. Take some time to examine your unique strengths and gifts to make a difference. I expect, well, I challenge you even, I challenge you to commit to one, learning your strengths and gifts, and then committing to using your strengths and gifts to make a difference. I expect that you, myself, my clients, will then move forward in a different and more fulfilling way. And I believe your family, your church, your community, and ultimately the nation and the world will be positively impacted by your using your strengths and gifts. Try it. Give me some feedback. My guest today is an ideal person to have this discussion with because I see him as someone who is truly who is truly using his gifts and strengths to make a difference in the world. Let me introduce him now. Reverend Cozy Bailey is the president of the Prince William County branch of the NAACP. He is an associate minister, Sunday school teacher, and active participant in the spiritual cancer support and member care ministries at First Mount Zion Baptist Church in Dumfries, Virginia. A native of St. Louis, Missouri, Cozy graduated from the U.S. Naval Academy and was commissioned as an officer in the U.S. Marine Corps, where he served in a range of venues to include Operation Desert Storm in 1990-91. through 91. His military citations include the Navy Commendation Medal, Defense Meritorious Service Medal, and the Legion of Merit. During his service, Cozy earned an MBA from Boston University. As a lieutenant colonel, he retired with over 23 years of service. After retiring, Cozy joined EDS, a prominent IT services company, where he was the key person, the key person <laughs> responsible for signing the largest IT outsourcing contract in the history of the business, the $6.9 billion Navy Marine Corps intranet contract. In 2005, 2006, and 2007, Cozy was named one of the country's top 100 black engineers He is now a senior manager at the MITRE Corporation, a systems engineering firm providing high-level consulting to the U.S. government. Cozy attended seminary at Virginia Union, graduating cum laude in May 2010 with a Master of Divinity degree. Cozy is active in the Armed Forces Communication and Electronics Association, the National Black MBA Association, Sigma Pi Phi, and Omega 
sci-fi fraternities. Cozy and his wife, Andrea, have been married for 40 years, and they have one son, Cozy Jr., who is also a graduate of the Naval Academy. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a great pleasure to welcome Reverend Cozy Bailey to the show today. Cozy, thank you so much for being my guest today. Hi, Linda, and it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I know your participation is going to give our listeners lots of encouragement and inspiration. With your help, today's listeners will be encouraged to make the kind of choices that move their lives forward. So let's get started. <clears throat> I've shared some of your bio that was a condensed version. What is something I didn't mention that you'd like our audience to know about you? Well, uh, again, as I listened to that bio being read, Linda, I reflected. I'm like, who is she talking about? <laughs> I am. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I sometimes sit back and think about the, the variety of great experiences that I've had. You know, so, sometimes the uh, when, when we provide uh, biographies uh, for occasions like this, the, the biographies don't go into the, the depth that it gives uh, people understanding of, of what has helped shape my life. And so one of the things I've thought about is uh, my experiences at the Naval Academy. And actually, mm. uh, the short short story I'm going to tell you is, in fact, uh, been told in another in another uh, book about the Naval Academy. Uh, the years I was there was 1971 to 1975. Uh, just to give you some background, there, the number of seniors who are of African American when I got there was 12. There were okay. approximately 50. Yeah, 15 juniors, about 25 uh, sophomores in my freshman class had uh, a little over 40 African-Americans, the largest group of African-Americans that had ever entered into the Naval Academy. Uh, I felt that I was in a cultural wasteland coming from the inner city of St. Louis, and it was uh, a very tough and difficult adjustment. As I reflect back on just a couple, a couple of instances, I recall one morning waking up, and my roommate uh, said, Cozy, be careful before you step out of your uh, bed, because he had awakened a little earlier than I had. He turned on the light, and someone had thought it a, a good practical joke to throw watermelon rinds all over the floor of my room with the, uh, yeah, the obvious point there. Mm-hmm. Another time, another time I awakened, and in addition to the blanket, the Naval Academy issue blanket that we had, the, the blue and gold that I remember so well, someone had decided that I needed an additional blanket, that being the Confederate flag. So as, as I, I reflect back on those, you know, what, what it did not do is it did not create bitterness and it did not create uncontrollable anger because I must admit that I did have some anger. But what it did create in me is determination to succeed despite any impediment that might be put in my way. Boy, and when you when you channeled that anger and turn that into determination, you win in a major way. Wow. Yes, indeed. Um, you said you grew up in um, the inner city in St. Louis. 
tell us tell us what your growing up years were like. So I am uh, uh, I am one of uh, seven children, uh, okay. my mother and father. Uh, we uh, quite frankly and literally we considered ourselves and referred to ourselves as poor as we were growing up, but at the same time we were mm-hmm. not poverty stricken. Uh, mm-hmm. What I mean by that is that there were very few, you know, amenities and like other, you know, beyond the necessities. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I I don't think that my father ever purchased a new car during my during mm-hmm. the, the time that uh, I lived in his in his uh, in his home. But we also we always mm-hmm. had a car, and and you know okay. one of those stereotypical stories of of you know the there was always food on the table, uh, mm-hmm. there was always mm-hmm. enough clothes. Maybe not the most stylish clothes, uh, mm-hmm. but 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 a couple of things occurred um, at an early age. Actually, at the age of eight, I think it was uh, one of the, one of the teach one of the, my school teachers noted that I had a, an advanced ability to read, and mm. she decided that perhaps I was uh, a candidate for what St. Louis Public School System called the Gifted and Talented Program at the time. And uh, to, to make that story short, uh, I, was, I was given a series of tests. Uh, I was moved from, in one school year, I was moved from the second grade to the fourth grade. Uh, my, my mother got wow. involved and said, you know, that's, that's, that's enough. Don't advance them any further because she was concerned, you know, that I was going to be with children who were going through puberty and I was still having, you know, my, yeah. my uh, baby teeth fall out. Uh, yeah. I did in fact go. Through, yeah, I did in fact go through the gifted and talented program in St. Louis from the fifth grade to the twelfth grade. Uh, was able then to get a superior education because of that, and that led to me qualifying for the United States Naval Academy. So that was that was what my school my uh, my uh, early years were about. Mm-hmm. Again, look, reflecting at the time, I just thought that this is what was supposed to happen at, at, at the time. You yeah. know, it's like here's an opportunity take it. And of course, my mother and father ensured that, you know, that I took it, but I did not recognize and realize and internalize uh, the significance of some of those early opportunities until much later in life. Mm-hmm. Hey, Cozy, which child were you? And you said you were one of Number, seven. Right. So I'm, my mother had a, a, a son uh, from a previous relationship. And so I was mm-hmm. number two for her, but number okay. number one uh, with uh, my other siblings. So you are the oldest other, of the seven. Correct. Correct. Ah, so you set the standard. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, when the first child gets advanced from the second to the fourth grade, that's a lot of pressure on siblings. Wow. But well, let me let, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Interesting, you say that. I have a brother who's two years younger than me. He experienced the uh-huh. same thing. And the next, really? uh, there were four of us. There were four of us who were selected for that gifted and talented program in St. Louis. So I, I, I guess I did your, set somewhat of a standard. Four of your, you and your siblings. There were four of you who were selected. Yes. Oh, tremendous! Tremendous. Thinking back, and you've you've kind of alluded to this, but if you could think back to your early or your late teens, I should say, you know, as you're getting ready to finish high school. Did you, by then, were you imagining and longing for um, 
the kind of life you've lived, you know, or did you adapt your vision along the way? Did you kind of just have this picture? Go ahead. Actually, Linda, a combination of both. Uh, as I was as I was uh, approaching high school graduation, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I had a dilemma in, in that uh, I had taken so many academic courses and, and advanced academic courses that uh, my school counselors and teachers uh, had had given me the impression that you know I was a natural to move on to college education, which which wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily the norm, uh, you know, for, for mm-hmm. my neighborhood or, or even my relatives. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, my dilemma was I knew I had no money, uh, that I would it would take all scholarship and, you know, possibly working mm-hmm. for me. And so so I, I, I did really well on on, uh, on standardized tests and, and actually start getting some uh, scholarship offers and, and, you know, pretty hefty offers. But then a, a friend of mine introduced me to the Naval Academy. And so mm-hmm. as I visualized being able to go to college and to achieve – uh, some some sort of uh, career in in a technical field. Even back in those days, I was really in, okay. in, interested in engineering, and I said that's what I'm going to do. But also realized that that getting through college was going to be tough because of the financial uh, issues. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine told me that it was a year ahead of me. He told me he said, "Hey, uh, I'm going to I'm going to the Naval Academy." And I, you know, I was thinking, I said, "That's great." He he and I were on a track team together. I said, "That's great." And I asked him, I said, which mm-hmm. one? Because I had no clue what service academies were about. So mm-hmm. he gave me a, a book, and it, and it, uh, I you know, finally understood it. And I said, wow, what a mm-hmm. great deal here. You go to school for free, they pay you, and then they guarantee you a job for five years after graduation. That sounds like yeah. a winner to me. <laughs> and so yeah. that's how I ended up in the military. And I tell the story, I said, I had no legacy of military. But after my experience at the Naval Academy, I became a patriot because of my experience at the Naval Academy and subsequently at, in the United States Marine Corps. Hmm. Wow. So a friend on the track team introduced you to um, the Naval Academy. Right. Isn't that something, how that turned it is. in your life? And Yeah. Um. Well, as you know, we're talking about using your strengths and gifts today. Um, would you tell us a few of your, a few of the strengths you've uncovered that you have over the years, and and your spiritual gifts? Sure. From a from a um, a pure strength side, I'm I'm a I'm a I have been uh, called a gifted leader. I certainly okay. am. Uh, uh, person who's an organizer, and, and my wife likes to say I'm a fixer. I, uh, she says, see a problem, fix a problem. That, that's what I did. And, and uh, from the spiritual gifts standpoint, uh, my spiritual gifts, I think, go hand in hand with some of the strengths uh, that I have. Uh, I discovered uh, late in life, and we can talk about, you know, how, how I came to be a seminary student uh, as a man of about 50 years old, uh, but I have a gift of exhortation. And that is of, mm-hmm. of of preaching God's word to God's people. Mm-hmm. I also have a gift of discernment, and uh, I have been using both of those in my life, especially the latter part of my life, in order to fulfill mm-hmm. the uh, uh, the uh, the roadmap that God has for me. 
And I appreciated the uh, the uh, description that you were giving about spiritual gifts, gifts. And I, you know, I just want to underline that if we don't, if mm-hmm. if there's anyone who doesn't know what their spiritual gifts are, you know, there's a variety of ways to find out. And I heard the ones that you talked about because it opens up uh, an awareness. Uh, at an early age, you know, there's a big difference in my in my uh, opinion between being a good public speaker, which I consider myself to be, as well as mm-hmm. uh, being gifted with exhorting God's word. And the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the difference is in public speaking, uh, you can hoodwink people, you know, be, be, because you are smooth with the line, you can hoodwink people. When you mm-hmm. are gifted mm-hmm. with exhorting God's word, that is, in my opinion, uh, the greatest privilege and responsibility that any person could ever have. I have never, except for one case in my life, I'll tell you about in a minute, ever been nervous in speaking in front of a group of people as a public speaker. Really? When I stand in the pulpit to preach the word, there are butterflies in my in my stomach at all times <laughs> because of the weight of what it is that I'm bringing forth. Absolutely. Amen. Yeah. It's nothing to take lightly, is it? It is nothing to take lightly. Mm. Um, I, I, I greatly appreciate what you're saying there. Well, I want to say from everything I've heard before about you and I'm learning in your career and your life, you are truly walking in your strengths and gifts. Um, I would love for you to share, as we've learned a little more about you, share some with the audience about your work with the Prince William County branch of the NAACP and your mission there. Sure. So Prince William, Prince William County, um, for some of the listeners you may not know, is uh, situated uh, about 30 miles south to southeast of uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, for, the, for your listeners who are here on the East Coast, that means it's right on the I-95 corridor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Prince William County, until about 20 years ago, uh, mm-hmm. was considered not even a bedroom community. It was not even a suburban community. It was a rural community. Uh, the, the Prince mm-hmm. William County's claim to fame is that the uh, Marine Corps Base Quantico is located there. For all the Marines know mm-hmm. that that's where all officers go to receive their mm-hmm. training, and you continue to come back. Other than that, it was a very rural area. Over the past 20 years, uh, there has been an explosion in population growth and diversity. The Prince William County NAACP has been active within Prince William County for over 40 years, but only within the past 10 has our profile risen and been able to deal with a variety of issues that are brought by a community with diverse growth that I've just described. Mm-hmm. So what kinds of things are we focused on? Well, the NAACP for the past 109 years has focused on social justice and equality for people of color and then all people. And that's the same thing that we do in Prince William County. We have a variety of ways that we do that. One of the things that our particular branch has been so successful in is pursuing and offering an opportunity for legal redress to folks who have no other place to go. 
And mm-hmm. I equate that I equate that to the things that we learn in the Bible about what Jesus the Christ came to do. He came to free the oppressed. He came to help those that no one else would help. And as the yes. president of the Prince William County NAACP, it is a golden opportunity for me to emulate and try to live up to the precepts of Jesus because that's what God has told me to do. And so we gather those people who have issues with the law. We gather those people who have issues with unfair treatment uh, in their uh, dealings with businesses, who mm-hmm. have issues with uh, school board decisions, a variety of things. They can come to the Prince William County NAACP, and I and a great team that uh, supports all of our endeavors have a willing hand and we have the knowledge on how to deal with those issues. Well, that must be a a um, a resource that you can't even put uh, a, a dollar value on in terms of that service in that community. Um, it, you know, Linda, of- it's a it's a labor of love. It's a labor of love, and and it's it's a constant uh, labor. There's not a day goes by that I don't receive an email uh, or a phone call for someone who needs some help and doesn't know where else to go. Mm. Well, I love that you're modeling Christ uh, in that service. That That is a whole nother uh, divine element to it, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, y- y- yes, it is. Uh, my seminary studies came to me, you know, obviously within God's plan, and at the time that that God was transitioning me from utilizing some of my strengths and spiritual gifts to other strengths and spiritual gifts that he had put in me but perhaps lay dormant until this time in my life, when I could uh, consolidate my experiences, when I could exhibit mm-hmm. the wisdom that he had given me based upon all of the things that I had seen in my life, in order to be at this place and at this time to help these people in this community of Prince William County. That's exactly, that's exactly what Christ told his immediate disciples and all of us who read his word to do, to go forth mm-hmm. and to help God's people. Yes, he did. Audience, you know, um, we just couldn't have a better guest today for this topic. Um, and if if you caught like I did, I want you to think back to what I was trying to say in my introduction about knowing your gifts and strengths allows you to really leverage them and to live with more um, purpose and, and impact. Do you hear how Cozy just described having um, a recognition of his experiences and his gifts and strengths all coming together for this moment of service. I really want to underline that for you because each of you listening can have the very same opportunity when you, you know, really get in alignment with what your gifts are, 
what your strengths are. And there are other characteristics that you consider your values, etc. But all are part of your unique design for something that God can call you to. And I'll, I'll just ask Cozy, I haven't even asked him this, but Cozy, are you finding the work that you're doing fulfilling? It is It is so fulfilling uh, that, that, <laughs> that sometimes it's hard for, for me to put it into words. Um, I am, I am a, I'm very passionate and emotional uh, about uh, the, the calling that God put on my life in order to be, you know, to become a minister of the gospel. Mm-hmm. I, 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 as, as, as we say in our lingo, I get full sometimes just talking about what God has asked me to do. And I have the same feeling when I think and talk about the work that we're doing with the NAACP, the work that we're doing, and it's a variety of things, the work that we're doing with children, the work that we are doing mm-hmm. in liaison with some of our, our other people of color who are not African-American within the community, specifically Latinos and our Muslim friends, and how, mm-hmm. how God has, has inspired us to reach out our hand across the chasm of, of unfamiliarity Mm-hmm. And recognize those things that are similar, and to and to be a part of that effort that pulls people together, no matter what their background, in order for them to enjoy what God has for them. I just it's just incredible. So that's mm-hmm. a long way of saying yes. I am totally fulfilled <laughs> by the things that I'm doing. <laughs> I I hear it. I hear it, and I know our audience does as well. Um, I relate also tremendously because that's how I feel about being a coach. It's it's hard to put into words how fulfilling it is. And it is, as you described, you know, it's just such an alignment of timing and experience, strengths, gifts, all of those things coming together for that moment. Um, let me move on. <laughs> um, you, you epitomize success, Um, not only caring for others, but you've been very successful in your endeavors and you're making a positive impact with your strengths and gifts. Um, I, I, I started this show kind of with a premise that, you know, even those of us who look like we are in the sweetest spot in our lives, we too have had experiences or times of great challenge and disappointment um, where we had to get through the valley, if you will. Um, Have you had that same kind of, you know, a season where you were going through something and experienced uh, a great trial? Well, yes, I have. Um, As I sit here now and, and consider there's actually been a couple, I won't say several, but a couple, but one one particular season that uh, I remember very well was when I was a young mm-hmm. officer in the Marine Corps. I uh, had been married at that time for five years, and there came a time where I received a set of orders uh, to take me to Okinawa, Japan. That's, that's where our, our uh, Marine Corps sends Marines on what we call unaccompanied tours, meaning mm-hmm. that my wife and child could not come with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was depressed, 
quite frankly, didn't know it then that it was depression, uh, but I was mm-hmm. depressed because of the separation that uh, we were undergoing. Even as a young 27-year-old, um, I, I realized, I guess, it, uh, internally that that married people weren't meant to be separated. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 so the depression then led to me making some uh, extremely bad decisions uh, in my professional life. I, uh, mm-hmm. I I really I really got to Okinawa and was and as we say I was full of myself and uh, nobody could tell me anything and I was the smartest guy uh, on the block and and uh, that world came crashing down. Uh, based upon a uh, an unfortunate, you know, altercation, not altercation, an unfortunate conversation mm-hmm. that I had with an officer who outranked me. And uh, mm-hmm. whereas, whereas I uh, I didn't I didn't suffer uh, the consequences for a long time, for the time that I was there, that 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 uh, ten month period, I suffered the consequences of my own actions. And mm-hmm. and how did I get through that? After after being knocked down a couple of notches, and uh, and oh by the way, at the same time, uh, towards the end of that period, uh, I got word that my uh, wife had been in a car accident, and here I was halfway around the world, uh, mm-hmm. not doing that well in Okinawa, and and dealing with that. But that's when I, uh, my wife and I, began to grow what I'll call not gradually but exponentially. And our spirituality, because it was through mm-hmm. pra- prayer, reflection, perseverance, and I, and I guess I'd say determination, uh, that we made it through. I returned back from Okinawa. We were reunited. Still some rough spots there. But mm-hmm. uh, as we continued to move forward, uh, that's when we, again, jointly, hand in hand, began a stronger spiritual journey that continues to this day. Uh, really? We became active. Yeah, we became active in our church for the first time in our marriage. I, uh, we were attending an AME church at the time. I became a steward for you Baptists. That's a deacon for, uh, you know, others. It's almost equivalent uh-huh. to an elder. My uh-huh. wife uh, became a, uh, a deaconess there. And as a re- and she still serves as a deaconess as a deaconess at our church now, and mm-hmm. we just continued to move forward. And I was told at that time by our pastor that he saw greater service for both of us. Little did I know that uh, what he saw then was, I think, what I'm doing now. So mm. that was the lowest. That was one of the lowest points in my life. We were in a deep valley, but through that, through that. We've come to some heights spiritually that we never imagined that we would attain. Wow. I want to just let the audience take that in, um, that out of your most difficult season came uh, the path to uh, some of your highest, highest uh, moments. You know, when we are when we are in the valley or going through, um, I, I say to the audience all the time. Sometimes we think, "Why is this happening to me?" Yet, <clears throat> when we persevere and 
coach, it kind of really prepares us for next season and gives us hearts of gratitude for how um, generally in a walk of faith we can look back and see the, the challenges that didn't overcome us. Tell us, um, Cozy, if you would, um, just as you think back over the challenging times, the role that faith played during the challenge or challenges. Well, you know, I, I, people have asked me what the meaning is of that word faith, uh, mm-hmm. and, and I've done much reflection and prayer. And, and what, what, what I have come to understand is that faith is my bridge. Faith, faith is a bridge primarily, first of all, uh, bridges the gap that we have from the, that which we can understand and know and that which we can't. And mm-hmm. as we exercise faith in not trying to answer all questions, then God gives us the basic needs that we have that we have each and every day. So during those times, when I finally determined and finally understood that I had to lean upon my faith, what it allowed me to do was to quit trying to exercise my worldly strength of being a fixer, uh, mm. exercising the worldly knowledge that I had that people were so impressed with and to literally let go and let God speak to me through the spiritual gifts that he had given me. And when I did that, I began to see what it was that was really important and what it was that he really wanted me and my family to do. And I did that. I was able to come through that. My wife and I together, and I must emphasize that, we were able to do that because we leaned and depended upon our faith, a faith in a, in a God who can do all things, a faith in a God who can do things that we cannot even understand. Yes. But to have the belief that God would provide, to have the belief that God had a blueprint and a message and a roadmap for us and that it didn't matter that we couldn't see beyond the next minute, hour, or day, but if we just Mm -hmm. trusted in those things that we would make it through. That's how my faith and, again, my family's faith helped us through that valley. Beautiful. Beautiful. It feels tangible um, the way you describe that walk. Um, you know, I I say periodically in in discussions with the audience that we should feed what we want to grow in our lives, and there are times, as you as you really describe, we we actually are equipped with the strengths and the gifts to deal with the curveballs and the stressors that hit us. But in that moment, sometimes we feed the fear or the anxiety or the uncertainty. 
Um, is there an example that, well, actually you you kind of shared an example here, but would you just speak to that for a moment in terms of how you can rely on your strengths and gifts and faith um, in ways that, um, you know, maybe others who are watching don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I uh, and I appreciate that uh, because I didn't always get it either. Linda. I didn't always get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. One, one of the things, one of the things that I've come to understand and, and why now I'm a Sunday school teacher and enjoy doing that uh, is that there's a need for us to all understand, <coughs> excuse me, understand deeper what those scriptures mean in the, the, that canon of 66 books that we call the Bible and how they apply to our lives today. We can take mm-hmm. and, and, and read those scriptures and memorize them, and, but, but if we don't really understand that they were written to help us in our lives today, then they are meaningless to us. Mm-hmm. You know, one, mm-hmm. one, of the, one of the techniques that I try to use in getting to, to answer your question is to get people to think about those times, you know, not necessarily across their lives, but it, what, what, what do they feel is going to come up in the following week that may be an issue for them and perhaps an ongoing issue. Now, since mm-hmm. I live in, in, in the greater metropolitan Washington, D.C. area, a couple of things come mm-hmm. to mind. One of them is traffic. <laughs> traffic gets, <laughs> gets to people. Uh, uh, another one of them is, is, you know, it's a thriving economic uh, uh, environment here. And so people talk about their jobs and interacting in the work environment. And so mm-hmm. what we can do then is apply those scriptures to dealing with those issues. And that is a, is a faith element. How, how do we avoid... Yeah. You know, being being pulled into, you know, the uh, the situations and circumstances of road rage. Because trust me, somebody out there is going to do something stupid, and mm-hmm. that somebody that somebody might be us, in in mm-hmm. not uh, paying enough attention to what we're doing. But to call upon our faith in order to keep, you know, a calm and and wisdom filled demeanor, in order to avoid those things, we we make it mm-hmm. to work. And, and we feel that there is a promotion that we deserve that someone else is getting. We feel that our mm-hmm. boss is not mm-hmm. being fair to us. If we're a leader, we feel overwhelmed with the group of people that we have to lead. When we look and search at each one of the scriptures, especially those that deal with, you know, the luminaries of the Bible and the Old Testament, the Moses mm-hmm. and the Davids and the Abrahams, and, of course, mm-hmm. in the New Testament, you know, Jesus himself and, and Paul and all of those disciples, there's always something mm-hmm. that they wrote for us to read then, again, in this faith exercise and to deal with the issues of daily life, because that's really what it's all about. God knew that as he gave us this great creation, there would still be issues that would come up, and he equipped us with it, he prepared us for it, and he gave us these tools the, in, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, his holy mm-hmm. word, and the promise of the Savior who sits at his right hand right now. If we understand those things more deeply, then we understand how to exercise our faith and to get through the small issues and the big issues. Hmm. 
you know, there are times where I say, uh, the audience has heard me say, I can end the episode right here. <laughs> but, but I I won't. I want to, um, I have to let our audience get in on the conversation. But that is beautifully, that is beautifully said. Audience, I hope you feel a nudge to, if you are not a Bible reader, just try it. Just uh, get yourself a guide um, that can help you to understand if you're not uh, already familiar with the Bible and just start to look for some answers, some aid to your circumstances right there in the Word. Um, I, I'm uh, just very touched by the blending of your faith and your walk um, using your spiritual gifts and strengths. And I, I'm, I'm going to let the audience in on this conversation <laughs> because I'm, I'm very moved. Audience, I hope you are getting as much out of this conversation as I am. And it's time for you to join us. We want to connect with you and hear your thoughts on anything you've heard in today's um, broadcast. Call in right now with your comments or questions. We'd love to hear from you. To join us, call 1-646-716-9397. That's 1-646-716-9397. I'm going to keep talking with Cozy while uh, we wait for callers. We have someone who joined us. I'm not sure if they're in listen mode only. I'm going to check and see if they want to make a comment or have a question. Caller at 404 area code 691. If you have a comment or a question, you can press 1. You're on live with us. Caller at 404 Six nine one prefix. Okay, I think that means you're in listen only mode. Cozy, <laughs> um, one of the things that I I feel always is a great opportunity for people who are believers, who are strong in the faith, um, who are my guests. There may be someone who's saying out there. I've been through a similar thing. I've been through a valley moment or circumstance that I'm reminded of um, when I listen to uh, Cozy today. But I feel all by myself. I don't know how to start a relationship with Christ. What would you say to someone who, if you were sitting down with someone who said that right now, what would you say to them? The, the the first thing I do is, uh, you know, it's, I had to chuckle at the question is because seminary training kicks in <laughs> immediately uh, because because it's not an unusual situation and circumstance. And so I, I'll just tell you the first thing is to assure uh, the person I'm, that I'm speaking with who's reached out to me that you are not alone, that you're not weird, you're not unusual, that, you know, mm-hmm. you don't have to feel bad because of the questions that you had. And then I would tell them 
that the best way to answer the yearning that has caused them to ask the question is to put someone strong in the faith. And if they're sitting talking to me, I consider myself strong in the faith. I might send them Mm -hmm. to you also, Linda, because it's obvious that you're strong in the faith. But to begin to Mm -hmm. answer questions that, that each and every new believer has and to just walk through those kinds of things. I would, I would suggest getting the many helps uh, that, mm-hmm. that uh, exist. And, and for a new believer, although I do some of my research online, for a new believer, I would have a tendency to stay away from online resources immediately and to utilize okay. those things that they find in hard copy. And the reason is, is because it's hard to determine for a new believer uh, what you see online is real and true in a way it's mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then, then becomes a progression. I always emphasize also that the, the, the word tells us to live in fellowship, which means not streaming uh, uh, church services on Sunday morning and not viewing <laughs> them on television, <laughs> to, to be in fellowship with the community of believers and just kind of walk them through that one. So that's how I start. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. You know, yeah, to actually show up and be in the midst of other believers is um very, very thing. It's it's uh that shoulder to shoulder and bearing each other's burdens kind of feeling is something yes. that um I just invite our listeners, if you are not affiliated with a church home or community, just give it a try because it really does offer a sense of support and a sense of walking in the faith together that, as Cozy said, the streaming, um, well, you know, when you when you stay back in the background, if you will, or in an anonymous kind of sense online, it may not offer the same uh, full contact um, and support. I, I agree with you there, Cozy. Tell me, um, what is one lesson that life has taught you? Um, just looking back over your amazing career and um, and journey, what is a lesson that might be helpful to the audience today? So. So one that I wish that, uh, and and I I don't have regret, but I wish that I had had someone to help me to recognize my gifts a little earlier. And that's why Mm -hmm. I, again, underline and highlight, Linda, your suggestion to the audience to do whatever you can to understand what your gifts are. Yes. And, and, And then... And then to embrace them, because what happens to some people is that you you hear what your gifts are, and you go, "Oh no!" The joke goes, you know, to someone as we as we always say, you know, answering the call to serve. Mm-hmm. Uh, people say, "No, no, uh, you got the wrong number, God. Uh, you need to call <laughs> someone else." But we need to recognize them and then embrace them. And and I and as I look back, you know, I believe that I'm doing that now, 
And I just think mm-hmm. about how much more fulfilling my life could have been along that, you know, throughout those years if I had recognized, mm-hmm. embraced, and then exercised. But I, I tell you, I, I do that with, you know, just a, a little bit of, of uh, longing, but I have mm-hmm. no regrets because yeah. now that I have recognized and now that I have embraced and now that I am exercising, I am feeling, feeling the, the greatest blessings from God that anyone could ever experience, and I'm so thankful for that. So that's what I would give your audience. Recognize the gift, embrace the gift, and then exercise it. And the blessing that you receive is incredible. The joy mm. that you receive is so incredible. And you begin to recognize the enduring, deep quality of joy as opposed to the happiness of the moment. I think I want to put you in an infomercial. (laughs) That was beautifully said. Yes, I, I too, audience, I, um, my intention in having this topic is just, just explore. You know, get quiet and consider the kinds of questions I asked about your strengths and your gifts. Learn your spiritual gifts now because when you when you get that awareness, you can start to see some dots connecting. That's one of the things that I heard so clearly with Cozy that he had somewhat of an epiphany over, over his journey that how he was equipped with these certain gifts and, and strengths were for some purposes that God had in store. And as he started to walk in those purposes, he has been living with so much more joy and fulfillment. So you can do the same thing to every listener out there. I'm I'm definitely a testament in terms of how I feel about using my gifts as a coach. And there's just nothing more rewarding than feel that you are in alignment in that way. Um. Cozy, tell tell us, I mean, you've talked about how much you're enjoying this season. Is there anything in particular that you most enjoy about the season in your life? The, the uh, I guess, and again, uh, focusing on my, my work with, uh, with uh, the NAACP and, mm-hmm. and extending, extending to the ministry work that I still do at my church is mm. when I can put when I can put a smile on someone's face, or let me rephrase that, when I am used as the instrument to put a mm-hmm. smile on someone's face where there was once a frown, that is the most fulfilling thing that, 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 that I could ever experience. And, and then to, to help that smile endure. Mm. It's, I, I don't, I don't know if I can say it any different than that. Beautiful. That is, that is a rewarding feeling. Um, what, what do you feel, um, or do you feel the Holy Spirit nudging you um, to do anything in particular you'd like to share? Is twenty seventeen is already wow rolling yeah. out, and we're into the second quarter of the year already. 
do you feel? Yeah, the 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 Holy Spirit and my wife are nudging me to uh, <laughs> put <laughs> to put miter uh the the uh the technical firm that I work for on the shelf and to do even uh-huh. more of his work with his people. So that's the mm. I feel that legend is it's tough, it's strong. Okay. It's it's pushing me. And uh, mm-hmm. and that day is that day is coming soon. That day is coming I hear soon. You. <laughs> I hear you. But see I enjoy that work also. I uh you know, I, I am somewhat of a computer nerd, and uh, uh-huh. I get a chance to work with people and computers, and, you know, that's fulfilling in a different way for me. Mm-hmm. Well, while I'm on your side, if if you are not quite nudged, you know, enough by your wife or the Holy Spirit, then <laughs> you continue. <laughs> um. I'm going to give out the number just one more time. If we have anyone who would like to get in on our conversation, I would love to hear from you, and I'm sure Cozy would as well. Join us at 1-646-716-9397. That's 1-646-716-9397. I'm giving the information out again because usually cozy in the week after a broadcast, I'll run into people who have listened and they've said, I was getting ready to call, but then I didn't. Uh, <laughs> <So>. Okay. <laughs> oh, I have my favorite caller calling in on the line. Caller, who is my husband, cozy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> press one and you're on live with us. <laughs> Hello, good afternoon. Hi. Hey. Hey, Cosa, how you doing? I'm well. How are you doing? Well, I, man, I can I can feel how 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 well you are. The Lord has has blessed us with another trombone to um just just echo, you know, his his praises and and glory and uh, we we appreciate you for what you're doing. Mhm. Well, thank you. Thank you very much and 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 thanks for that reference to God's trombones. I got that immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, one question I wanted to ask is, how, how do you how do you see that that we as as Christian and Christians and the, the faith in the church can can help to inspire more more young people uh, to to come into the church to be active in the church and to to serve. Yeah, thank you. Very, you know, very, very good question. And and just for clarity, I'm I'm assuming that when you're talking about young people, you're talking to coming into the church, you're probably talking about that group that we call millennials. Oh yes, definitely. <laughs> okay, okay, got it. So, um, it, and it is challenging in and of itself, you know. And and mm-hmm. let me tell you, one of the things that I do, one of the things that I do using uh, my strengths is in the workforce, and one of the reasons I like doing it is that I have uh, committed to my company to figure out ways to attract and retain Mm -hmm. a diverse workforce based upon age, focusing on Mm -hmm. that young group we call millennials. I've led a couple of uh, Mm -hmm. of, uh, seminars about that. So so mixing, you know, the secular and the non-secular, some of the, some of the challenges and techniques are the same. We first have to endeavor to understand we have to be like Christ and what I mean by that is Christ 
always met people in the place of their need, as opposed to putting himself in a place and said, you know, come here, he went mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And so yes. if, we, if we endeavor to understand better, you know, the characteristics mm-hmm. of, of this group and also to recognize that they don't like to be cataloged as this big amorphous, you know, everybody's the same, <laughs> then mm-hmm. we will begin to understand how the word, which is true and, and mm-hmm. doesn't need to be modified, but how to bring that word to them in a way that they understand mm-hmm. and respond to it. So, oh, yeah. you know, a, a shorter answer is let's get to know those folks uh, better. Let's get to know our young people better and recognize, mm-hmm. you know, what, the, what, they're, what, they're, what turns them on what they respond mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. so it becomes a way of bringing the word as opposed to modifying or adulterating the word. I see. Great, great. I, I, I like that. I really like that. Love and also, yeah, yeah and, we, and we, we have, you know, most, most churches, you know, we have, the sisters are there. So how do, how do we get the brothers to come, you know, to, to come and, and to remain and, 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 and then later, you know, to start to exercise the gifts that they have. Right, mm-hmm. right. So, so again, a variety of techniques. Ones I see that work the best and the ones that work mm-hmm. uh, at, at my church and your church, since I know a little mm-hmm. bit about that, is two things, mm-hmm. okay? Music and ministry. So mm-hmm. I find some of the non-singingest men in the world will come out and join <laughs> a choir <laughs> if you tell them that it's about the fellowship and and not about you know the ability, because because yeah. the, the the men's the men's choir in my church is a hundred strong, and it's wow. about five of them, it's about five of them who can sing, but it's about the, but it's about the ministry, which which then folds over into you know creating advertising and and supporting a strong men's ministry. That yeah. that that brings men, like-minded men, together for a variety of reasons. Yeah, you know, we mm-hmm. study the word, but we go to picnics. Mm-hmm. We study the word, mm-hmm. but some of us ride mm-hmm. motorcycles. We study the word, mm-hmm. but some of us play golf. And and mm-hmm. then you know we we get the the recognition of the richness of the fellowship that that God has created, and mm-hmm. then we can mm-hmm. attract, retain, and put mm-hmm. more men to work in the church. Very well said. Very well said. Uh, I'm, I'm in. I'm in a couple of choirs at my church, and last year, mm-hmm. uh, we 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 reached out uh, for our Mother's Day presentation, and uh, and brought some a lot of brothers in for that day, and, and a number of them stayed. And just the fellowship, you know, that that's mm-hmm. one of the key factors that that is keeping them there. The fellowship of of men of like mind and spirit, you know, serving the Lord, but. But just that fellowship has just grown significantly, and uh, you're so right on about that. So thank you very much for that. Thank you. Thanks for the question. Thank you. Sure. All right. Have a great day. Goodbye. You too. Goodbye. All right. Um, Well, Cozy, I've got a couple of other questions. Well, you know, I'm going to go back to the caller. I'm going to go back to one other caller just to make sure we're not missing someone who has a comment or a question. Caller at 404-691-3-6. If you'd like to make a comment, just press 1 and you're on live with us. Good morning, Linda. 
Yes, hi. Hi, how are you? I always learn Good. when I listen to you. I always learn, and today you've been speaking to me directly. I know it was on purpose. Uh, oh. You were speaking to me directly about getting better engaged, and I plan on it. And it's been such a pleasure oh. this morning listening to this articulate, in a lot of ways, gentleman, and you speak to me. And this is Linda, Linda. So yes. I know you know your message is directly directly related to me and my um, relegating my Sundays to my sisters and brothers. Okay. <laughs> you know, uh, I say my sisters and my brothers go to church more than I do. And so from this point forward, I'll uh, plan on engaging more and fellowshipping more in the church, more out of the need for fellowship than fear, okay? <laughs> oh, Linda, I think you will be blessed tremendously. Oh, I, I know. Really I know do. you were speaking to me. I know you. I'm one of the people, and I. not that it's a bad thing for me. I just uh, kind of, I don't know the word, you know, like I said, relegate my, if my sister's going to church, sure. I say, oh, that's enough of Oh, us. like she's covered it? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's something there for you, too. There's something there for you, too. And I you know. It's I been a pleasure. I appreciate your transparency and being willing to say that. There are others out there who feel just like you. So thank you for just just sharing and, and being transparent about not going, but... I always learn so much, and I know on the days when I can listen, that is the message is specifically for me. Things happen just like mm-hmm. they're supposed to happen. I was kind of running late this morning, and so I mm-hmm. heard what I needed to hear, so I appreciate that. Yes. Well, <laughs> you know what? If you are the only person listening, it is so worth having this message and this opportunity for you to hear. So thank you for making the time and tuning in. So can I ask your um, guest a direct question? Yes, please. Uh, are you Southern? <laughs> Is he what? Am I Southern? Southern. Southern. Well, okay. So uh, my, family, my family roots are in Columbus, Mississippi. My 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 parents, my parents and grandparents moved from Columbus, Mississippi to St. Louis, Missouri, uh, way back in the '30s. Uh, depending on where you are, uh, people call St. Louis a southern town. For instance, my friends and relatives <laughs> in Chicago say we straight up southern. Yep. My friends, my friends and family in Memphis say y'all y'all northerners. Uh, but but I got a. I have a whole lot of, of, of southern uh, ways, of, I think, in my voice. You just heard me say, y'all. Yeah, I, I, and, you will hear me. <laughs> and I think God touches southern men in a particular way. I can hear it in you. And then the name oh. Cozy has to be southern. <laughs> how, how cool is that name? How it has to be Columbus, Cozy. Mississippi. It has to be. Absolutely. <laughs> That's where that came I'm from. Pleasure, I, mean, I appreciate that's... the conversation. Thank you so much, Linda. Thank you. Thank you. 
cozy. I do. I love the name cozy. I don't. I know the origin of it, but <laughs> it's it's so cool. It, it it was something my grandmother made up. Uh, my uh, my father's name was Cozy, and and uh, he and my mother gave it to me, and so I decided to give it uh, to our son as well. Amen. But yeah. <laughs> um. Well, before we go, I would love for you to, um, I can tell you are as um, as committed and passionate as you are about um, God's word and um, sharing it with others and being a part of uplifting people. I sense that you're also a fun-loving person, and um, <laughs> I'd love for you to share uh, some fun experience you want to have in the future. What's something fun on your bucket list? <laughs> so you know what I really like to do. Wow. I really like, and and it's and it's 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 appropriate for this season since the uh, the Masters tournament golf tournament starts uh, day after tomorrow. I would okay. love to play a round of golf at Augusta National just to see what that Ooh. feels like. Okay, that sounds cool that's, for bucket list. That's one of the things. That's one of the things I can do realistically now for a fantasy bucket list. I want to feel, see what it feels <laughs> like to fly a uh, fly a a jumbo uh, commercial jet. I just want to be at the controls there, just for just just for fifteen Ooh. minutes. Ooh, <laughs> you want fifteen whole minutes? I thought you would say two yes. or three. You want fifteen minutes? No, no, yeah. <laughs> Oh, you, yeah, you dream big. Be up there. That's, yes, yes, indeed. There you go. Well, I, uh, I'll, when you get that fantasy realized, I would love to have you back on the show to talk about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, would you um, be willing to just say another, um, just a parting word of encouragement to our listeners before we wrap up today's show? Sure, sure. As as we as we consider, as we consider uh, our strengths and our spiritual gifts, I, I would I would like for all to experience the same kind of joy that I've experienced. And getting to know what it feels like to truly be fulfilled. Uh, I, I had a friend when I was uh, in my early years in the Marine Corps who says that for the most part, people in life don't get to do what they really want to do. And I've never mm-hmm. forgotten him saying that because I'm getting to do what I really want to do because I recognize what it is that God has for me to do. And the feeling of joy, the depth of joy that I have, I just want everybody to be able to feel that. And, I, and, the, and the pathway to that is to recognize and understand your strengths and your spiritual gifts. So all the listeners here for Linda's show, find out your spiritual gifts. Then exercise those spiritual gifts. That's the word that I would like to leave for your listeners today, Linda. Thank you so much. Um, The way you have shared with us your wisdom, your passion for uh, lifting others up has just really inspired me and 
and I believe I speak for everyone who's listening. What you shared will be helpful to many, and I pray will result in someone making inspired choices in their lives. Um, I know you are a very busy man, so I just greatly appreciate your taking time out of your busy schedule to be my guest today. Thank you. It's my honor and my pleasure. Thank you. I want to take a moment, um, audience, before we close the show, I want to send a shout-out to people out there who are using their gifts and strengths to make a difference in their communities. I had a great pleasure um, to watch my friend, um, a dear old friend that I, I knew from the 1980s, to Michael Sharp and for others to receive, <clears throat> excuse me, to receive a very special award last night called School Nutrition Heroes. To Michael, <clears throat> who lives in Los Angeles, had a vision to purchase a home in her hometown of Montgomery, Alabama, where she grew up and turn it into a transition home for homeless working families. I tell you, I was so proud to be in that audience last night to hear those five people who were um, nominated as ordinary people doing extraordinary things, to hear each of their stories and how they were... um, they were not doing what they thought were even extraordinary things, but it was very clear to me each of them were walking in their gifts, in their strengths, and just pouring out of the well of themselves to uplift and impact the world in a positive way. I invite you to look up the Vision of Grace Transition Home on the web and give it your support. Shout out to Michael. And ladies out there, if you or a friend or colleague wants more information on how Christian coaching can help you move faster toward a more fulfilling and rewarding life, go to my website, www.lindastevensjones.com. That's Stevens with a P-H, not a V, stevensjones.com. To our community of listeners and callers, Thank you for being here today, every broadcast. Remember to help me spread the word by sharing the link for the show replay and mark your calendars to tune in for the next broadcast on April 18th, right here at 12 noon, with my special guest, Reverend Michael Coppedge. Until then, stay blessed.